The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and we are continuing our series of off-season discussions and breaking down each positional group and outlook for the off-season. We're now moving on to the running backs, which going to be a great discussion here because the Giants have a very talented running back on their roster obviously but it also is an interesting discussion in terms of what they should be doing for depth at the position so swinging right on into it Mr. Saquon Barkley is obviously the big name that we're going to be talking about for the whole first half of this show and there were a lot of things that you can say that we liked about him there were also a lot of things that we didn't like because he had a down year first thing though that we really liked this season from him is the one thing that has always stood out is his ability to redirect plays and find rushing lanes that are open and pick up huge gains that way. He has great, great vision. He's not afraid to cut and redirect in the opposite direction if it means his best possible path of least least resistance. Yeah, that that is really what makes Saquon special. Just the vision to see holes the lower body flexibility strength and explosiveness to cut back and string cutbacks together there are plays where he will string four or five moves together in the backfield waiting for something to open up make making defenders miss trying to find that open lane or set up blockers to create a lane for himself Really, despite the fact that the Giants' offensive line has not been a particularly good run-blocking unit the last two years, that ability of Barkley's to just create and do things that normal humans just cannot do is why the Giants have had a, for the most part, effective running game. Another thing that we really liked was his ability to impact things as a receiver. Now, he wasn't getting a ton of touches early on in the season, but towards the end We saw him take over and have huge games as a receiver. The one that really comes to mind, the one play is against the Washington Redskins where he ran that seam route and and made a great play on the ball and scored a touchdown. So things like that are very key in using that skill set that he can do both things equally well and at a high level and essentially score from any part of the field. Whatever coaches brought in, and we've constantly said this, needs to use Saquon Barkley as the focal point of 
their offense and use him as the primary weapon. Now, Daniel Jones is the quarterback, and he is obviously talented and progressing, and he could be very, very good. But if you look in at who's your best player, Saquon Barkley is. And it felt like during times this season, they weren't using him as that primary threat. It was, let's throw the ball 25 times, and then Saquon's going to pick up some yards here or there, or maybe he doesn't. Instead, it should be along the, the model and lines of what the Los Angeles Rams did last season that worked really well with Todd Gurley, and then this year, but in a different sense of what the Titans are doing with Derrick Henry. They're a little bit more ground and pound and aggressive up the middle, but still their offense is centered around their talented running back, setting up play action and using those available options at the running back position. Yeah, and the really the argument for the value of selecting Barkley at second overall is his ability to affect games in multiple ways his ability to not only be a home run hitter and a creator as a running back but also a dangerous receiver in his own right he has that level of athleticism and ability in space with the ball in his hands that you don't even see from many wide receivers so the fact that he can either motion into the slot motion out wide which is something the Giants definitely need to do more of with him but also run routes effectively out of the backfield and attack vulnerable areas of the defense create mismatches in addition to being a good high volume runner that is where the the value of Saquon Barkley lies the Giants need to get him the ball more they cannot forget about him and they need to get him the ball with opportunities to do something with it, not just dodge defenders or run into the back of his offensive line. The final thing that really stood out to us was his overall explosiveness, and he's obviously the most explosive player in the NFL, I would say, at the running back position in the sense that he can take a simple run and turn it into a touchdown. There's really nobody else that has that level of big playability. So that in general is very... I would say his biggest asset, and that's what makes him all the more dangerous as an offensive weapon for the Giants. Again, we're going to have to see who is brought in and if they're willing to commit to using him as that primary focal point of the offense. Yeah, and that's something our first two points have really brushed up against a few times, is that what makes Barkley dangerous and such a potentially great weapon is not only his ability to create and be an every down player who can be a factor in the running game and a factor in the passing game, but the fact that once he gets the ball in his hands, however it happens, defenses have to commit to stopping him. Otherwise, a missed tackle, a bad angle, anything like that, and he is a threat to score a touchdown, and if not that then turn a short play into a big game. And he can do that on any play from anywhere on the field. Now, one of the things that we didn't like, and because he had a down year, it's pretty clear that we didn't like a lot of things. And a lot of it kind of stems from the fact that the Pat Shermer was not really using him properly, but he was not perfect in a lot of things that he was doing. The one thing that I think is not talked about enough is Barkley's inability to be consistent between the tackles. He's very successful in running outside the tackles, and we constantly harped on during the season 
that the Giants should try and scheme around that and run a lot of outside zone, a lot of uh, tosses, sweeps, anything to get him in space. But being an NFL running back, you can't just constantly do that. You need to have variability and be able to pick up those big gains up the middle. And this was something that was discussed by many people after his first season and also coming out of college that he needed to get better up the middle and just be willing to fight forward for a couple yards. Understandably, the offensive line was not properly opening up holes for him on a lot of plays, but still he needs to be more patient in a lot of situations where he was tackled for significant losses because he was trying to re- redirect and go go back outside. Yeah, that that really is the double-edged sword of his ability to make players miss and create on his own behind the line of scrimmage is that sometimes, a lot of times, going outside the structure of the play, there's not going to be anything there. The outside zone plays are created to or are designed to have multiple cutback lanes and really stress defenses and then give the running back the op- the option of picking whichever lane gives him the best chance. Power runs, gap runs up the middle are not designed like that. There's usually only one hole to run through. The running back has to give his blockers the chance to create that hole but then he has to commit to picking up whatever he is able to. Sometimes that will only be two or three yards, but sometimes there will be more there if he is willing to do it and really explode through that hole. That was something Tiki Barber used to be great at, is slow to the hole and fast through the hole. And that patience and timing is something that Barkley is just going to have to work on. It I'm not sure it's something he will ever be great at, even though he does have the frame and strength and explosiveness to be in a between-the-tackles runner. That just might never fit his mentality enough to really be natural at, but it is something he will have to work to improve. The other thing that we noted here is lack of consistency in pass protection. We've, we've seen him have some good pass pro plays where he picks guys up and, and it's enough to resolve any pressure coming at him but there have been instances especially this past season where he's completely blown up guys went past him leading to sacks fumbles you name it for Daniel Jones you need a running back you need your running back to be good in pass protection if you're not using him as a weapon in the receiving game if you're only running routes with your running back and he's coming out of the backfield it makes things very predictable for opposing defenses and also linebackers. So he needs to improve that. He needs to get get more consistent, having proper balance and picking guys up, reading where guys are coming from, and and not being too flat footed and getting blown up. Yeah, you know, back in the back in 2012, that was really why David Wilson got benched, not because of his fumbles, but because the Giants just didn't trust him in pass protection and. That isn't nearly as sexy as making big, explosive, exciting highlight plays. But I think there is an argument that being able to pass protect well, knowing your assignments, executing them well, and keeping your quarterback upright is really more important for a running back than creating some highlight plays. Because we know that the NFL is a quarterback-driven league. If you don't have a quarterback, you are not going to win anything. And sometimes 
the offense just needs the running back to step up and keep his quarterback safe. And that's something Barkley needs to do with more consistency. He has all the tools and it's just a question of getting the technique right and really learning how to do it. It's something he's been working on since coming out of college. It's something he needs to continue to work on. This is one I think he probably will get, especially if he's able to stay healthy, because I do think some of the inconsistency we saw this year was just not having the trust in his ankle to drop anchor and absorb a rush. Last thing, and this is not as much on Barkley, but a bit of a knock on Pat Shermer in the offensive scheme. Again, if if the new coach that's brought in is intent on making Barkley the focal point of the offense, this should be resolved pretty easily. But that's just usage. And if that means not getting him enough touches in running plays and only getting him 15 carries, but also the other thing that could be impactful for him is getting him touches at, uh, you know outside of the backfield, throwing him passes, screen plays. They didn't really do enough of, it this, of that this past season. So there needs to be a lot more done in the future of getting him the ball, and he should be touching the ball 25-plus times a game. Yeah, absolutely. That should be the baseline for him. Whether it is runs or passes, he should have the ball, touch, the ball in his hands at least 25 times a game. If you're kind of preparing for 60 to 65 offensive plays, I would plan for 30 of them to go to Barkley. Whether that is 18 runs and 12 targets, 20 runs and 10 targets, you can determine that based on what the opposing defense is able to stop. But Barkley has to be the primary threat, the primary focus of the Giants offense. And from there, I've been talking about it for two years. Joe and I have been talking about it for a year now. Get him the ball with the best chance of maximizing his tools, doing what he does best, create mismatches, use him on wheel routes to get him basically instant separation and only have to worry about beating one or two guys. Use him on angle routes, get him back behind linebackers where there is space and it's going to be very difficult for the guys who can tackle him effectively to be able to tackle him effectively. There are a lot more things you can do with a running back than we have seen Pat Shermer do. That, I think, has to be a question for whatever coach and every coach the Giants interview over their process over the next week or two. Now let's transition and give you a change of pace for our discussion of options for the running back position. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one. 
towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So you might be wondering to yourself, well, why do we have to talk about running back options? The Giants have a top five quality running back in Saquon Barkley that could be the leading rusher in the NFL. They have a guy that, if he has an impactful year, could easily break records. So why would they need a running back? Well, for a proper offense to operate, you need varying levels of talent, and you also need extra depth for any position. And the running back position is very key because if you are getting Saquon Barkley 25-plus touches, you need someone else to go out there on third down uh, if he has a long run to go out there, and you, you're not really worried about him being a huge step down in quality. Now, the Giants don't need to go out of their way to bring in someone that is an elite-level player that's a free agent like Melvin Gordon uh, or Derrick Henry, who is un- and also an unrestricted free agent, probably will get re-signed. But you might be thinking to yourself, though, like, again, why would they need to be bringing anyone in? It's just that they need extra depth and they need a little bit of extra talent because if you have a strong duo, a, a lead guy, and a sidekick, you could have a very explosive offense. Yeah, definitely. And that really is what it is for the Giants at the running back position. They need a number two that they have confidence in. They probably could get away with going forwards with Buck Allen and Wayne Gallman behind Barkley. Both of those guys can execute most of the playbook, and they could, with decent blocking, be decently effective. But what if the next coaching staff should have a guy in whom they have confidence. If it's not one of the guys currently on the roster, maybe there is a veteran free agent out there. But the Giants also shouldn't invest too highly in the position. You know, yes, they're going to have about $70 million of cap space, but still, you, Saquon Barkley is already one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. You can't go sinking too much into a position that is not a premium one. And for a backup role that might see a play here or there if Barkley needs a breather or you know he needs to tie his shoe or maybe a drive or two just to change things up. But it shouldn't be a position the Giants invest too heavily in. Yeah, and they're not going to sink big money into a free agent in signing someone that's a big name or invest a high draft pick in another running back. But the discussion does need to be have had of, Who can they bring in for that second guy? Who can they develop? Who can they draft, sign, whatever it is? Bring them in and be an extra weapon for this offense. Some of the best offenses in the NFL right now have multiple running backs. They might have their lead guy, but they still have multiple running backs. The Ravens, who are explosive right now, have Lamar Jackson and a supporting cast of Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. The 49ers 
had Tevin Coleman and uh, another lit. Like they had a plethora of running backs that I, I don't even feel the need to break down all of them, but they have a, a lot of guys that can go out there and make big plays and fit the mold of what the playbook requires. So kicking right on in the, into the free agents, some of the names that really draw to us that might be uh, of use and could be very cheap. First one to me is Chris Thompson, who is the smaller, shiftier receiving back from the Washington Redskins. He could be great on third down. You can use him in the slot. He's just an extra piece and weapon. He's on the older side. That makes a big reason why he's going to be cheaper, but he's shifty. He's quick. He can pick up big explosive plays if you need him to come in uh, uh, to give Saquon Barkley a break. Yeah, it, I think the question is what they are looking for out of a backup running back if they're looking for a change of pace uh, a shifty guy a player who can be a kind of swiss army knife on third downs create mismatches whatever that sort of thing they could look for maybe a ty montgomery who is kind of a running back receiver hybrid he's been a useful piece at a couple different stops came into the league with the green bay packers he could be a guy that Giants look at depending on what they're looking for out of the backup running back position. I think the other name that fits that mold for what could work well for the Giants as their backup running back is CJ Procise, who was previously a college wide receiver and then his last year at Notre Dame he transitioned to running back and he's been a good asset for the Seattle Seahawks using them as their third running back and He's talented enough that if you could bring him out there, he could make plays in the receiving game. You could use him as a slot receiver. And then additionally, a consistent runner. None of these really guys need to you know, be a huge priority in getting them. But if the Giants do decide that they want to make a move for a second running back, they could fit that list. Now, continuing this discussion now into the draft class. There, This is a very deep running back class. There's not huge top-end talent. There are some superstars, and those guys aren't going to be on the list of the New York Giants. Instead, those fourth to seventh round players, some people that might skid a little bit, are going to be exactly what the Giants should be looking for in bringing in that guy that they could develop to play alongside Barkley. And the first one that really stood out to me was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU, who's small, very, very shifty. He's 5'9", but he has very quick feet. He's very tough to take down, but his, his biggest asset is as a receiver, which again, I think is the biggest thing you're looking for in this backup running back, is their impact in the receiving game. And the mold for running back twos in the NFL now is how can you impact things as a, as a, as a receiver being a running back. So I think someone like him could be a very good fit for them. I, I mentioned this before with the free agents is what are you looking for in a backup? I to my mind, the Giants could go one of two ways. They could either get somebody who is similar enough to Saquon Barkley that they can more more or less leave the playbook open regardless of which running back is on the field. Get a guy who, like Barkley, can execute pretty much anything. The other side of it is you could get a niche player, uh, either a small scat back running receiver hybrid. You can move around, get him the ball in space, and hope he will pick up chunk yardage or you could get the guy who is just a battering ram who can pick up for the fact that Barkley isn't great between the tackles I've got a I've got a few guys on either end of that spectrum yeah I like you know Benjamin out of Arizona State as the kind of smaller big play threat which is 
something he has done very well for ASU. At the complete other end of the spectrum is A.J. Dillon out of Boston College, who he is just a massive running back. He isn't tall. He's only listed at six foot. But I've seen his weight everywhere from 245 to 250. There are some people who consider him a fullback prospect just based on his size. But he does run like a running back. He's got really good acceleration. He hits holes hard. And he is just a load for defenders to bring down. So he could, a guy like that could potentially uh, complement Saquon Barkley in compensate for the very few flaws in Barkley's game. I really like the point you brought up there of instead of maybe looking at the receiving back, the other option really is here finding someone that fills those big issues that Saquon Barkley has. And maybe you don't need Saquon to be perfect in between the tackles because in those short yardage situations or when you change of pace, you can go right to a guy like A.J. Dillon. He is huge, like you said. Around 245 pounds is enormous for running back. He'll probably cut down in weight, but big-bodied guy, very, very strong. Not a burner. You don't need him to pick up a 50-yard gain, but instead, Saquon Barkley gets that 50-yard gain. You bring him right in. He can pass protect and then maybe pick up three to four yards on an under-center carry. A guy like him, I think, does fit perfectly with what the Giants could be using as a compliment to him. Now, some of these things still are very much up in the air because we don't know what the offensive scheme is going to be calling for and what's going to be fitting what the new head coach and offensive coordinator are going to be bringing to the table because they could be looking for either thing. They could be looking for a receiving back. They could be looking for a power back, or they could be straight up not looking for anyone at all and be completely content with Wayne Goldman and Buck Allen. There are a lot of unanswered questions right now. We don't know what kind of running back, what kind of running scheme the Giants will want to use next year. We don't know how the next head coach will feel about the about the running back position, whether it will be kind of a supporting position to wide receivers or if the offense will run through the the running back position or whether or not the Giants may use running backs like uh, the way Andy Reid or Sean Payton use running backs as just movable pieces and guys whose job it is to create headaches for the opposing defense. That is, I think, the first question we'll have to answer. And then from there, we can start to really narrow our search down for who the other running backs could be for the Giants roster going forward. Because we know Saquon Barkley will be there. The It's all the other questions around that that have to be answered still. A lot of questions do remain up in the air. And when this show does come out, there's a potential that a decision is made about the coaching situation. But still, we're waiting to see what's going to happen. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to send in your questions for the mailbag. Send that into bigblueview at gmail.com or send it to us on social media. You can send it into the Facebook page or directly to us at Big Blue View or at Joe DeLeon or Chris at Raptor MKII.